but a great reminder that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Good morning. How are you? That's good. Good to see you. Good to see and know that those in the, uh, the lounge there are with us, though in a different room, uh, they are nonetheless with us and to all those who are online as well. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray and uh, we just thank you, simply thank you, like we've been hearing this morning, of your goodness and mercy. And we pray, Lord, in the next few moments that you would speak to us. It's really easy to come to church, to come as the ecclesia, to come as the called out assembling together ones, and then go home and, and we've done it, we tick it off. But God, let that not be our hearts. Let not be what this is in this moment, this space right now. God, we are keen, we are eager, we are hungry, we need you, and we need more of you. And we know that, Father, we grow best when we are together, when we do come and we practice, Father, visibly, physically, emotionally, socially, and I thank you for that space in this space right now. So, Lord, for those who have been here for a, for a long time, for a few years, those who are very new, Father, we pray that you would uh, join our hearts, Father, together to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever imagined going to, to a particular Sunday service and just any maybe Sunday service and as you're going, you're just thinking it's another day? Maybe you're not well, maybe you are well and maybe you're thinking your prayers aren't that maybe necessary. There's others in greater need. So you go to this meeting and amongst other things, there's a call for prayer. There's a call for the whole church to be invited to, to come out and pray. So leaders gather at the front, pastors, leaders and others, they gather at the front. They make a line and then people are invited to come down. Just imagine in this service and as someone comes down, a young teenager who can't walk. I don't know the, the diagnosis of why she couldn't walk, but she's a young teenager for most of her life has had to have crutches to get around. I remember her when I was in the imagined service where I had to move away, move aside, just to let her come through and make room as I was talking with people. So I'm there in this imagined service, praying for someone, and all of a sudden I hear these cries, these groans, these screams. And you know, when you're praying for someone and you, you hear that, we all stop or we go quiet. We look to the front of the area near the, the pulpit stage area. Here's this mum crying her lungs out, crying. We're thinking, what's happened? Has someone had a, a, is there a fit? There's a strike. I've been, in, I've been in services, and we've had one not long ago, where you had to call the ambulance, and it's like, is that one of those moments? But no, it wasn't one of those moments. In fact, it was the exact opposite. This young girl was prayed for and began to walk. Threw the crutches aside and started to walk, which she unaided. And she could walk, so she couldn't walk on her own. And all of a sudden, she's walking. And then she's walking a bit. It's almost like as she's walking, muscle is growing. And she's walking, and she's walking. And the mum's just screaming. She's just, she's just, there's no words. I've heard different cries. I've heard grief cries, and I've heard joyful cries. Sometimes they're hard to, to sometimes pick the difference until you see what's actually going on. Well, can I tell you, in this 
particular service where this girl and this mum was just a normal service. But not to them. They didn't leave the same way. They were giving shouts to glory of, to God. They were lifting up the name of Jesus and we all did. Can I talk about there were many miracles and healings that occurred in that service because faith had arisen. There was a tangible faith. Not a hopeful thing here. It was just like this is, God is here. And those cries really shocked us at the start because as I said, I'm praying and we all stopped to look over. What's happened? Is everything okay? But then when we start to see that the crutches are down and, and mum's screaming her lungs out and we're like, this is a good moment. This is a good moment. Never forget it. We've seen many uh, opportunities and had the opportunities to see healings and miracles. Sometimes when you least expect it, sometimes when you very much expect it, you don't see it. I don't know why, and I want to encourage you, because we've been talking about, I believe in miracles. In fact, I should add, I still believe in miracles. And I've been with many who have, we've prayed for and believed for, and haven't maybe seen the answer that we thought in that moment, in that time, but we leave that with God. But I want to speak this morning, not so much on the, on the history of that we've been speaking the last few weeks, as we look at the introduction to miracles, but I want to speak in terms of understanding that there's some critical elements that we have to uh, appreciate for miracles to happen. But first thing you need to understand and remind yourselves, and we heard this this morning, thank you, Carolyn, that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a thief. He's a liar. So all he speaks, if he's speaking, he's lying. Okay, if you're hearing anything, it's a lie. It's his native tongue. Jesus made great attention to that for the simple reason that we can easily listen to the thoughts and ideas in our own ideas that sometimes aren't our own ideas, but have been seeded from the enemy and sown. The devil is a liar. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's a destroyer. He's a saboteur. He corrupts. He manifests pain. He delights in sickness and offence. He tempts, he cheats, and he continues to accuse. And Jesus said that while he's come to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus made it really clear what he's here to do. He said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. So we're talking about miracles, a place, a space for you and I to believe because God wants us to believe. And when God is there, there's always the expectation that something can happen. That's what I love about coming to church. We should be at the point we just don't know what could happen today. Imagine that expectation when we woke up going, I'm getting ready to go to church. And you've done it for 100 years maybe. But today you just don't know what could happen. I could be that person. I could be that mum shouting out hallelujahs, that parent, that brother, that sister, that uncle, that auntie, seeing God do something seeing salvation, seeing healings. So let's be reminded of one thing. God loves us so much. Just turn to the person next to you and say, it's great to see you today. I think, I think you meant it. it. sounded like it. So let's remember God loves us, how much he loves us, how much he loves you, how important you are to him. God says, you are precious and indeed. And we know that God is for us because he sent his son. Hebrews again, in just verse, this one verse, 
Hebrews 2 verse 4 says, Why God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. So let's have a look at miracles again, just as a simple definition. Miracle is an event that signifies an act of God in history on our behalf, doing something that we couldn't do ourselves. It means that God is here. God's special presence, God's active presence is with us. God acting in our lives. Why do we need miracles? Because miracles remind us, and even healings in that fact, remind us that God is present in tangible ways. That God seeks to dwell amongst us and he wants to reach and minister to our needs. He wants to, again, point to the fact that he is the Messiah, the miracle maker, the way maker. So how do miracles happen? This is probably the simplest, easiest, in a sense, uh, message to share in this series of miracles. Simply, faith. We need faith. We need faith. Now, before you start throwing your tomatoes at me, I'm challenged as much as you have. Because I've been there where I've prayed for people and I've had, and I thought, gee, I couldn't have any more faith. I'm overflowing with faith. I feel like I've got faith to move mountains. I've got faith to raise the dead. And at times, it doesn't seem to happen. And we'll look at that. So the first focus is faith. Jesus, Jesus marveled at the great faith of the Gentiles and the lack of faith of the, the believers, the Jews. He should have known. He said also, when the Son of Man come, will he find faith on earth? And then we learned that this thing of fear, we talked about this again this morning, I heard it said, and I love that. What will fear do? Well, fear will hold your faith prisoner. That's what it will do. On so many occasions when I've looked at all these miracles, that where there was a lack of faith, where the lack of faith was absent, fear was present. When there was little faith, fear was prevailing. Unbelief at times as well. See, maybe it's family pride, pride of failure, pride of embarrassment, pride of self, pride of glory. All these things can work against what God wants to do. And I've been there. And my faith and our faith is a journey. So the good news is that we are on a journey and so we don't have to let the past dictate to what happens next. We can choose what our future looks like. We can choose. Paul himself acknowledges that his own self-righteousness became an issue for him. So God sent a messenger to buffet him and to restrain him, 2 Corinthians 12. We read of Jesus, this is the Messiah, our Saviour, we read of him who could not do many miracles simply because they lacked faith. In Nazareth, in Capernaum, in his hometown, in his region, he struggled to perform miracles. Can you believe that? So how much of the Son of Man, the Son of God, very God, very man, struggled? How much trouble do we have at times? Mark 6, 5, it says, and he could not do any mighty works there, 
except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. See, faith and needs to have a certain expectancy. To say I have faith doesn't mean I have faith. I, I could say right now I have a million dollars in the bank. Well, I don't. So saying it doesn't mean I have it. So faith is not saying, saying it just because I'm, I'm saying it. Saying it because it's evidence of something that's happening within us. Faith is the expectation of conviction that goes to the core of our hearts. It is that hope of delight, conviction, truth, and trust in Jesus. My faith is in Jesus. It is a personal faith. And I pray it is for you as well. He is my hope. It's not abstract. It's not something I've learned or reasoned out or understood so much. It is personal. And we must understand how we plant the seeds of faith these small mustard seeds that can grow well within the soil of our hearts. So how do we receive faith? Well, firstly, faith is a gift of grace. We learn that. Secondly, we go to Jesus and we ask him for more. There's scriptures for these. You can look it up. And third, we need to recognise that we're all being given a measure of faith. So what are you doing with it? Romans 12, 3. We learn that faith comes by hearing. I hope today that you can hear something and your faith may be just a little bit more than it was before you got here. Maybe you're finding life a struggle. Maybe you're finding the hot days and cold days really contrasting. I don't know what it is for you or what it is for me, but there are challenges. And we have to keep hearing the Word of God. We need to saturate ourselves in Scripture. We need to read it and read it and then receive it and then read it again. And look at the promises of God and personalise them. And say, God's love letter to me. See, faith is developed. It's acted on. Acted on either initiating their own to come and follow and find Jesus, this Jesus, or the disciples. Or that Jesus acted on and spoke into that situation. Faith is a response agent to the word of God. James 2.14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, when someone says he has faith but does not have works or deeds? The evidence of this faith. You can say, well, I have faith that God's called me to do this. But if you don't do it and keep talking about it, I don't know if you really have faith. I think it's just a good idea. God wants us, when we have faith, that it actually is demonstrative. It has action with it. A faith that does not walk will soon become too weak to stand, author unknown. See, faith grows through circumstances. It's put through tests and experiences and opportunities. We read that in Scripture. Sometimes the things that we don't like are there so God can help forge and help us to be stronger, to direct us, to be leaner, like we heard just before, the Apostle Paul. Faith does not depend on outcomes as much as it depends on whom we love and follow, Jesus Christ. In Romans 4.20 we read of Abraham, he said, no unbelief made Abraham waver concerning the promises of God. No unbelief. But he grew strong in his faith. I wonder if it's so easy for us just to get to a point and we say we've arrived, we've, we've made it, I'm saved, I'm baptised, I love God, Jesus loves me and it's, life's great. 
But isn't there a journey we are committed to? Isn't there a journey to walk out and to walk this relationship and those experiences? Isn't it that God wants to work in and through us, not just through, through love and good deeds and action, but something that living a life that is prompted by faith with the expectancy that God can still move mountains? I think it would be a terrible day for all of us, even individually, if we just woke up one day and go, I, I don't know. Don't know if God can do that anymore. Don't know if he is that same God. Well, we've been singing. And this is the, the scripture. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the miracles and healings and everything we read in the Bible are yes and amen in Christ Jesus for today. We're just going to choose if we believe it or not. And we'll bring to, be brought to account what we've believed by the word. We know that. Well done, good and faithful servant. How do we become good and faithful unless we put the word of God into practice? Faithfulness is a, is a, is a, a sense, a demonstration of our faith. Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's or mankind's power ends. George Allah. God's presence is our number one reason for miracles. And when he speaks into our hearts and we believe and we pray, and I've prayed for a lot of people, but you know what? I'm excited for the day when I'm going to see, and you shared that, when there are more miracles and there are healings and there are salvations and there are people coming to Jesus and the deaf can hear and the blind can see and the lame can walk. I'm believing for that. And maybe there are many miracles we have missed because we just didn't think that God could do that now or with me. But we can't say no for God. We're never in a position where you should be saying no for God. And I know at times I have. I know at times I've not been so obedient. And I'm learning. I'm not like that guy sometimes on the bus and he says, Lord, if you give me someone to witness to, or then, you know, someone sits next to me and so someone sits next to him, he doesn't do it. Well, if you bring someone in who's got a, wearing red and so someone comes on the bus and they're wearing red and he goes, no, no, if someone's wearing red socks and it just goes on, it's like it just, you're making excuses. We can make excuses because it's safer. Because then we're not let down if it doesn't go the way we think. But remember Jesus said, when you go into the towns and you preach, remember that they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. You get upset about that, but don't take offence. I'm the one who should be taking offence to Jesus, but I won't. So we need to have faith. We need to be people of faith and keep growing in our faith. And this is the second ingredient, the second element. Simple, isn't it? Faith. God act, God acting, as we said, as we described. God intervening in his sovereign way. A miracle must be accomplished by faith and a combination of an act of God. There's this faith that we have, a hopeful expectation that all that God has said is good and done. And we mix it, the Bible says, we're going to mix it 
We read this in Hebrews that, that some of the issues that they read in the wilderness and the issues that they, they had to carry and go through is because they didn't mix the word with faith. They just heard it, but they didn't do anything with it. Mix what you read with faith and see what God does. See what God says. See what happens in that space. Some of you, I've spoken to people and I've prayed for a lot of people. And you know what, this is woe is me mentality. Um, why would God want to heal me? I'm the chief of sinners or I'm a rat bag or there's more needy people out there or there's more bigger needs. Don't say that. You keep believing, you keep holding on. You keep searching the scriptures. You keep reading and receiving and reading and receiving. So we see this in the sign, you can see this, that, that when we have faith plus a divine act, it equals a miracle. Now I want to put, you can see there's a, a blue line around that picture there. And on, under there I've got it in black, it's not very easy to read. Pa pardon me for that, I should have put it in white. This is the timing of God. That's the sovereignty of God. In other words, when we have faith and, we, and God is moving, there is a sense of sovereignty when God chooses to do that. Though he always wants to do that, sometimes there are things that we just don't understand. As I shared earlier, I just don't understand. But that doesn't stop me from praying again. It doesn't stop me from believing again. It doesn't stop me from hoping again. What could we miss out on if we, we stop? So we need to have faith. We need to be growing in our faith and expectant of the things of God, and then we need to just say, God, come and meet me. We need to how to pray and believe with expectation. I love in Jeremiah 1.12, I've been sharing this with some of the leaders, how the word says that I'm watching over my word to perform it. This is God. He's watching over his word to perform it. So if we believe the word, and the word is carrying in our, in our spirit, and we're carrying this with a sense of expectancy, what could happen? It's amazing. That's pretty much it. If we have faith, and we keep growing our faith, and there's opportunities for us to grow in our faith, and if you haven't got any, I'll pray for you that you have some opportunities to grow in your faith. You won't like me after that. <laughs> They're there. Because we learn to trust on him and not on our circumstances. We learn to look to him and not to, not to just people or resources. We learn to rely on him. God loves dealing with the impossible. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Can we believe for God to respond and he act? Even when we have maybe not prayed for it. We've prayed, but we just weren't expecting it. But somehow God intervened. And I asked Gabe to share a little story. And I'll, I'll tail end it with my own, my, own, my own humanness afterwards about what happened. Yeah, so a little story that I have to share. Actually, I was sharing this story um, Often at school you do yard duty and I was just wandering around and chatted to these year four girls and they would just ask me about my bracelet and said, oh, what, what do you have on your bracelet? What are they? I said, well, one's an angel because, you know, God's angels are always watching over us every moment of the day. They're always with us. And so I shared this miracle with them. <laughs> 
And the other one is the Bible, because, you know, we live by the Bible. As it says, you know, we have. We do have the insurance and sure expectations for miracles to happen every day in our lives. And I was just sharing with them, this happened, oh, over 17 years ago. So I was pregnant with Kayla and travelling to work. We lived in um, Hoppers Crossing at the at the time, hopped on the Princess Freeway, which goes from Geelong into Melbourne, and I was working in Footstray. So, hopped on the freeway about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it was a, a bit of a daylight today, slight rain outside. Um, Four-laned freeway, so hopped on the freeway, the middle lane, and all of a sudden, when I was driving along, my car was sideswiped. So, my car spun around, so going this way, my car spun around this way. And I'm like, oh no. I look that way. And there's four lanes of headlights coming towards me, going that fast. And I'm like, well, what do you say in that split moment? <laughs> you think, what are you going to do? And I go, well, I'm like, God, help. <laughs> and it was just a miracle because all of a sudden my car goes into reverse. I mean, your car, I didn't do anything. My car went into reverse about 50 metres backwards. And, you know, when at the, sometimes in a split second, everything feels like it's um, in slow motion. Because when I looked, all I did see was headlights. And I'm like, wow. And spun backwards into the grass. And um, amazingly, as I said, somehow my car went into reverse and it was like, wow, that was a miracle right there that the angels had performed. Because, no way, I did not put my foot on the accelerator, the brake. I did nothing. But I was just like in standstill and saw these headlights coming for me. So amazingly, God, his angels, my car went in reverse and went backwards. There's no other way that I could put it. It was just, it was a miracle. Hmm. And that, yep. God is always watching over us. And I think as we, Louis talking about miracles, as we declare the things that happen to our life and speak life into other people, that we can expect miracles yeah. to happen. Yeah. If somebody is not well, if somebody you know, is facing a situation that is impossible, let's speak the impossible yeah. into their life to give yeah. them hope. As it says Amen. in um, Psalm 91, it says, the, where am I? Psalm 91, verse 11. For we, he will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gabe. Yeah, so what happened is I'm, I'm like the husband thinking, you okay, Gabe, when I hear about it? All I'm thinking about is having to take the car off and the inconvenience of this car now, I'm not being able to drive and go to the repair shop and all those things. So I'm thinking this, I'm thankful for Gabe. So anyway, I, I rock up the church and all Gabe's ladies and the, and the girls that she connected in with, the groups and that, and they're coming up and they go, oh, isn't that so amazing? So I walk in as pastor and they're on the floor and they go, oh, have you, Gabriel, you know, look, isn't it so amazing what's happened to Gabriel? That's a miracle, God just come down. And I'm like, yeah, 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 here it is. And I'm like, oh, I got really confronted. I didn't really think that much about it. And I got really cut to the core because they're just like, and they're all filled with faith and I'm just thinking about all the things I have to do. And I just lost that moment. It was a great challenge and it reminds me of my own reaction. And they could see it and I'm going, yeah, 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 this is great, this is awesome. Yeah, praise God. And 
But I wasn't thinking that when I came in until I could hear this excitement. They were just talking about it. They were just, they were just telling everyone about it. I told probably nobody except the car guy I had to go drop the car off to, you know. Aren't we challenged sometimes how we see things and think things out? It was a miracle. The car was manoeuvred in some and repositioned in a place in between uh, items of equipment because there was works going on. There was almost as delicately put there in the middle. You couldn't even do it if you were a stunt driver. It was amazing. I looked out, I looked, I asked more questions afterwards when I realised it was so exciting. <laughs> C.S. Lewis said this, do not attempt to water Christianity down. There must be no pretense that you can have it with, with the supernatural left out. So far as I can see, Christianity is precisely one religion from which the miraculous cannot be separated. Remember, God loves you. You are his delight. And every time we choose to live by faith, we disable the strongholds of fear and doubt. We have to make a choice. It's not always automatic for all of us, any of us. And the heart of God is that these miracles and gifts are evident and should always be until he comes back. They are given as promises to the church. God raises up different people with a call, with, with the gift of faith and the call to go out in an incredible way and pray and heal and minister in ways that bless not only creation and, and God's creation people, but benefit the, the church, the bride. The gifts of healing, the working of miracles in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. These gifts are given, what? According to God's will, to various people in the church. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. For what? The common good. It should be just common place and practice that we're seeing gifts and we're seeing miracles in this space. Paul expresses his goal, or God's goal in that, the supernatural gifts. He said, let all things be done for building up. 1 Corinthians 14, 26, building up. That is the goal for miracles, that you and I could come and we could believe that God hears our prayer, that God loves me. Truly, if this God is the God of love, that he loves me, then there's always an opportunity. There's always hope. There's always delight. Building up means to be built up in faith, built up in hope, to be built up in holiness. In Luke 1.37, in the Amplified, it says this, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfilment. I was talking to Maureen last week after the service, and we're just talking. She said, thank you for your message. Lord. I said, thank you. And then she said, you know, we looked and she goes, I'm a miracle. I said, I know you are. I know you are. You are a miracle. We're all miracles, but there's, I think God has favourites anyway. But uh, we love Maureen. We love Maureen. John Piper says this, and I'm about to close. He says this, the aim of God's supernatural workings in, his peop in the people of God and in the world is that these miracles might be faith awakening. Faith deepening, faith purifying, hope intensifying, loving powering, holiness refining, and therefore spirit dependent and Christ exalting and God glorifying.
These are the goals of God's miracle working power in the world. I'm going to close now. I'll ask the team to come back. And What I do want to do is that if we're talking about miracles, talking about expectancy, we're talking about faith. So easy to, to allow the, the disappointments of the past or even the delays we currently may be experiencing of holding us back. I've not been to believe. Oh, well, that's for some and not others. No, it's for all of us. As I read my Bible, it says that these are for today. These are for God's people, but for all people. And as ambassadors of Christ, that's what we can carry with us. And you talked, we had some missionaries here not long ago, friends of, um, was it, oh yeah, Graham and, and Victoria. I shared about a particular situation and they started talking about the miracles that they would get to see, the things that you've got to, when you go as a missionary, you are confronted with, with, with real powers of darkness, but also you can bring in and usher in the real power of light, God's light, with you. And you can see things that there's no human explanation for, but God. So we're going to sing this song, and as we sing this song, I'm going to invite you to come forward if you'd like prayer. We're going to be gracious, we're going to be sensitive, we don't want to embarrass anybody, but we're going to pray. You can sit there, maybe say, well, I'm, I'm not well, but I'm not going to get up. That's a big step. That's a big faith step. Well, it is. We're talking about faith. And you can go, well, I may, there, may be, there may be 50, there may be 80% chance I come out the forward and not get healed or I'll not see that answer to prayer. There's still 20% that you might. Or maybe there's 90% where there's still 10%. Or there's 99% where there's just 1%. And 1% with God is big. I promise you that. The Spectre Gideon and others about the testimony of God. So let us close. Well, I invite you to come forward during the song. And we've got people here who would love to pray with you. It'd be our honour. We know and admit we're on a journey. How do miracles happen? We are going to get to a place where we keep growing, keep developing, keep learning, keep discovering our faith, keep leaning in. Don't give up. And we believe for an act of God. God to minister and move as he wills and chooses to.